much, much, much. He drops three muches. Okay. I want you to understand he dropped three muches on me. Welcome back to another episode of the Refactored Podcast, where it's our goal to suck a little less every day. My name is Chris Tonkinson. And my name is Frank Cole. And this is episode number 35, recorded August 19th, 2021. Frank, I have a cautionary tale. I have a perfect, it's like a case study of this is why developers have a bad name. (laughs) All right. So uh, I use use iOS. and I'm also a, a Plex fan, or as I'm still using it, I'm not super in love with it anymore, but I'm still using Plex, right? Okay. So oftentimes I'm looking at Plex on my, on my iPhone and I don't know if it was last year or the year before iOS uh, it came out with a picture in picture feature. So where the, the way, the basic way it works with an iOS device, uh, you know, no physical home button. So you like swipe up to, is your, is your home uh, gesture, right? Right. So with picture in picture, if you have it enabled, the way it works, you're you're watching a video on your screen, and if you just swipe up, it will automatically minimize that video to the to the corner, right? So it, so going home it automatically activates picture in picture if you have it turned it on. It's actually really nice. Some while back, this stopped working in Plex, and hmm. you, you you swipe up and it just closes the app like it always used to, and it was very strange because it worked. It worked great since picture in picture was introduced until a certain point, and I couldn't figure it out. I finally figured out why. Um, there is a- actually an entire thread on the Plex iOS support forums dedicated to this, and it's a bunch of people all say the same thing. Everything worked great, and then one day it stopped. Well, what happened was a Plex app update, and they changed their video player, like how they implemented the video player changed, and it broke picture in picture kind of right from a user's perspective you broke picture in picture straight up okay technically it's still available but the native gesture doesn't work anymore why is this well i find a post by some plex employee on the forum and he says this is the this is the the response i'm not going to exact quote but uh, you know i'll give you the ge- the gist of it okay picture in picture is only supported using apple's native av player which AV players like the 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 uh, audio video system component, you know, the component you use, right? Mm-hmm. Our enhanced player based on MPV is much, much, much. He drops three muches. Okay, I want you to understand. He dropped three muches on me. Okay, our enhanced player based on MPV is much, much, much more capable than AV player. However, due to limitations in how PIP works, MPV cannot be used for PIP. So, what you have to do to get picture in picture in Plex and iOS right now is actually click a little button up near the top corner to get it to force it to picture in picture mode. What they have to do is when you click the button, they literally stop the playback and they restart it in Apple's native player, which and and it the video pauses for a second or two because like it's got to go back to the server and then start transcoding again because it's sending it to a different mm-hmm. player. Mm-hmm. before it can move it up into the corner. And then when you go to re-enlarge it, the same thing. You get like a few seconds gap of playback because now it's switching back to their much, much, much more better enhancerizered <laughs> version of something that... And every, the funny thing is, everybody above this in the thread 
is saying nothing else changed. Everything else works the way it always has. And then uh-huh. after this point, everybody says, well, I didn't notice any difference except that this broke. So like the, what comes after, I don't really blame the guy for, but what comes before that is a litany of people. And you know, if you've ever run a software product, you know, the feedback you get is like 1% of the feedback people have. So if you have one person complaining, yeah, it's an about iceberg. There are it's likely, an iceberg. Uh, there are yeah. likely 50 others that have the same thing and either already deleted your app or went away from your website or, you know, it's my it, magic it is total iceberg. My magic math is a hundred for every one person. It, it, this is mm-hmm. just rough, but for every one person, now it's, it's there are a hundred that, that yeah. are not reporting it. Cause that one person mm-hmm. is the one who took the time out of their day to actually and report it. And it's even it. worse for positive feedback. Oh, like it's positive even, feedback is like one to 500. I don't know. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's uh, <laughs> I mean, a million. <laughs> well, I mean, we've talked about this. The, uh, we don't look for, I know that I'm doing a really good job when no one's complaining. I don't look for the presence yeah. of compliments. I look for the absence of complaints. Absence if of complaints. no one is complaining, yep. then I am doing a phenomenal job at what yeah, I do. Truly, truly. But the, the, like the, the developer mice, I don't know what is much, much, much better more better about their new advanced video player, which is thankfully a toggle in the advanced settings. You can like turn that off and go back to the old way of doing it, which I did. The thing is, I don't see the difference. It's not like a quality difference. I don't see a difference in buffering mm-hmm. or streaming. Mm-hmm. Now, I know one of the things that they've done with this, I think their new player can direct stream uh, a wider variety of sources, which obviously reduces buffering and lag and okay. server transcoding, so, which is great. But you're talking like you're literally injecting yourself in the middle of a thread with a bunch of people saying this is the same as it was before and after. The only thing is you broke something I use all the time mm-hmm. effectively. And this guy comes along and says, no, but this one's better. Like how you always you, you like your you like, like heads down developer. This mm-hmm. is so heads Classic. down. I, Classic. I like I couldn't believe and I'm not like I'm I'm. I'm ragging on Plex. Like, I, I guess I am here and I'm not super mad at them, but like the, it was very tone deaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes. then he says, oh yeah, if you want to use it, you just go click on this other icon. And then wait, cause the way it works natively with iOS, you swipe up, there's no interruption in playback. The screen just shrinks into <laughs> the corner and that's it. Like it, it there's no, inter- this one, it's like a noticeable, like two or three second lag Mm-hmm. between it starts got us and then back the other way it's very annoying if you're used to kind of the the way that ios does things so the fact that he tries to bring out this this straw man that things are drops three muches on us uh much 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 better and yet nothing has changed from the end user's perspective except you broke something right like i'm really i'm this almost i've had there was something else last pass pushed me over the edge this week too i'm now on bitwarden um, oh, LastPass pissed me off. Whoa. This, this whoa. is one of two things. For the week. record, you introduced me to LastPass. And, like and a hajillion years you, ago. And yeah. you pushed it so hard. You pushed LastPass on me. Yeah. Yeah. It was. And it's it's it was a fantastic product. Now it's like a great product. Um, but anyway, so it was it was like the second time in two weeks that uh, like LastPass, they pushed me over the edge. But this one. Almost like I've been playing with uh, Jellyfin uh, mm-hmm. and there are a number of I don't remember what they all are. There are other alternatives to Plex that I've been playing with for a long time. A Jellyfin is like real close to getting my my full time adoption, but I'm still on Plex. Uh, this almost pushed me there. I'm like, 
how dumb is this? What a stupid <laughs> thing to do. And I, I'm okay. Like if the advanced player you turn on, you know, it's breaking features. You don't publish that in your, in your change log. Cause like I look at the, the app change logs when things update and it's opt out. It's so, not opt in. Like, I have right. a hard time. I have a hard time. And it's just, Look, it's software, man. It's like, it's not perfect. It never will be. All software, as somebody who's written a lot of software in my time, I can say authoritatively, all software sucks, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I'm not really mad and things happen and that's fine. And it was just a goof. And the guy was probably not really thinking about his response, but it's just a really, I don't know. It's like, this is why we can't have nice things. This is why. <laughs> well, this I see is why developers have a bad name for being like navel gazing all the time. Well, I see, I see two, I see two uh, off ramps that this engineer or somebody on the support team could have taken that they, that they missed. The first mm-hmm. one was in the feedback itself. The fact that nothing changed. So whatever you changed was not recognizable in any way by your users. That means that it, that means that there there was no impact positively, but they are reporting a negative impact. Right. So was this in fact a good change to make? So that's the first thing that that jumps out at me is as the warning. They, they could have headed this off right there if they were really sharp, you know, in reading the comments and understanding what the what the user was reporting. The other part that throws a flag at me uh, is not the three muches because okay, improvements. Yeah, I get it. And there might be a lot of backend reasoning for it. You didn't give any actual rationale of why or how nothing. it's better. And the thing is nothing. And the reason that no, you didn't, you I could, already know this. I, like I would almost, yeah, I would almost, I would not have even blipped at this if he said, "Look, the 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 new player." He calls it the enhanced player, not new, but enhanced. Okay, if he had said our enhanced player based on MPV is technically more capable but does regress this platform feature i probably don't even think about it but that at least acknowledges the problem that at least acknowledges the benefit and the problem yeah yeah and i think and i think elsewhere in the thread um it may have been then afterwards described like why they they think their their new player is better Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah it's 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 much, much, much more capable and then does not go on to substantiate why that. and how uh, and then kind of as an afterthought. Oh, well, because of how it works, PNP doesn't work. You know, it was it was uh, like a limp fish. Very, I don't know. I didn't it was very tone deaf. It did not acknowledge. It, yeah, it was not. It was speaking from the, 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 the developer's perspective. And so if if OK, so it's much better. OK, well, how is it better? And you better be able to describe Substantiate, a, substantiate, but not just substantiate it. You need to substantiate it from the perspective of a user. How does the user benefit from this? Right. You are and never. And that's my whole thing here. You're yeah. never going to be able to. You do not sell. We run into this with the consulting side. I actually have you know this whole presentation where I talk about tactical execution versus strategic execution, and the part that the customer actually cares about is the strategic part. The, the what leads yeah. to the decision. They don't care about the individual nuance of how it gets implemented. Engineers fall into this trap all the time. Nobody, Constantly. nobody outside of your immediate nerd circle gives a rip about the tech that you're using and how it's the latest Knows, hotness or they don't know. And more importantly, they don't care. They don't care. That's what I'm saying. They don't know and they don't care. And so when you make a change, if you make back end changes 
If you make backend changes, you have to be able to uh, substantiate them from a user's perspective. So if you're making a backend change and it's going to make the app run faster, it's going to load faster, it's going to do something better, more smoothly, less errors. There's always a user facing benefit to it. If, yeah. the, if it is purely a backend change, you do. I mean, you can, I, sh, I think you should put that in patch notes because it's part of the actual functional changes and, you know, nerds like mm-hmm. you and I will pick up on that. But if there's yeah. no actual forward facing functional change, it's not a user benefit. It is a you benefit, which is good because you got to yeah. keep the thing moving forward. That's, that's good to do, but that, don't mistake benefit to you versus benefit to customers. So in this case, well, now, now, th- but that's that benefit that may not be completely. So you're, you're absolutely right. I think that the, if I'm playing devil's advocate here, now I'm going to take, I'm going to take the place of a, of a Plex apologist. Um, their users are largely fairly technical. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's people, a Plex server. You know, is like it? I yes. Have, it's a technical audience yeah. that uses it. Like yeah, I, have, I get Like it. I have I a couple it. of family members that I set up with, with Plex. They can stream out of my, you know, out of my server. Like that's a, that's a thing that happens. They don't know. They don't care. They just know they click on the icon. They can watch a movie. Right. That's all. That's all. Right. That's what they care um, about. But, but most of the people that are rolling Plex, they're technical enough because they got to deploy the server. Right. And so as a user, as a technical user, it's a real benefit if I know that now there's going to be 60% less transcoding. Well, that means good things for the box that it's running on, right? It means, right. That means less buffering. So, so, but, but, and that, but that's kind of your point. Like whether or not it's a use, a you benefit or a user benefit, in this case, they're, they are kind of one and the same because your audience is, is heavily technical leaning. You, 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 you got to like, if you got to put the benefit out there, you got to ascertain, you got to describe it. You got to put it concretely. Don't, you can't just say, you can't can't baby them. Oh, this is better, but you lose something on it. Like not only that, this is even even, deafness. No, what he's doing here is even worse. It's like, this is better. And I don't need to worry about describing it to you. You need to trust me. You go back in the corner over there. I'll take care of it. I know what's best. That's not the intent. That's not what he intends. Don't get me wrong. Or she, that is not what they intend. That is the effect. And that is, and the reason that I'm honing in on yeah, this. It's certainly, that's certainly one way that it can be. The audience, yeah, sure. it, the audience sure. here is going to, is really going to muddy the message here. So, uh, because it's a technical product for a technical audience. So there, that is generally not the case. Most products have a, a yeah. large non-technical user base. And in those cases, you know, you are, you are essentially, you know, sort of poo-pooing them and putting them back in the corner. and that generally doesn't that doesn't go well as as evidenced in in this case um but the other thing that i that i think about aside from you know you know concretely describing the thing if you can't and this was sorry where i was going with the second red flag if you can't concretely describe how the user benefits then it's not really a user it's not a user uh improvement it's a you it's an engineer it's a back end improvement uh but you also, in those situations, those kinds of improvements, you have to approach them really carefully. Engineers love new shiny and they love making things better. And that's, you know, that's part of how you keep the product quote, adv- quote better, right? That's quote better, <laughs> right. Quote better. Um, but when you're making those kinds of s- substantive changes that have no overt beneficial effect on the user, you actually have to be really, really careful in going about that kind of work because that is going to be all risk 
with no user side reward. Meaning if you There's screw no it up, yeah. if you screw it up at all in any one it's way, a loss it's a net user. loss to the user, which is a net loss to the perception, which is a bad thing. And the reason engineers fall into this trap is, it, you know, I'll go back to my tactical versus strategic thinking. We we like building our widgets. We like building the bridges, making the thing go. That's what we do. That's that's what gets us jazz. It's one of the things that got me super fired up when I learned software. Making a piece of logic get up and dance for you is one of the greatest feelings in the world. Like you just get addicted to it until it's, you until you run out of ones. <laughs> until <laughs> wait a minute, ones w. O-N or O-N-E? Like, are we talking binary or are we talking like getting the W? Like, which one are you talking about here? <laughs> Get the W. <laughs> like, which one were you? And Nuclear. I'm uh, genuinely. Nuclear. I, uh, <laughs> no, I, was, I meant, I meant, you know, one dollar bills. One dollar. Oh, George Washington's. <laughs> it's, it's completely different. Jeez. <laughs> so, you know, you get, you get hung up on that, but if you don't, you, you can't live in that world. This has an outside, this has outside effect and you, and you need to, to acknowledge that. And so when you're going about doing uh, engineer inward um, uh, improvements, refactoring improvements that are not user centric or user visible, then you need to be really careful about when and how you yeah. tackle them because you know, you're not doing it for the user, you're doing it for you. And there's usually some good reason about that, but there's also a lot of risk attached with that. And so it, this just, I think this just supports heads up thinking, yeah. being aware of what's and going they did, on around they you. Did, they, I think they did signal it when they, like when they announced, when they released their new experimental player, advanced player, whatever they call it. I think they did say, oh, and there's an option in here. If you have trouble, go turn it off and it'll revert mm-hmm. to the old AV player and, and everything should be fine. Um, which is great, but I, I really, that should have been opt in. Now I'm saying like, I would I just, argue that I that asserted a moment in. ago. Yeah. I, I asserted a moment ago that they did not tell us that Pip was going to be broken with this. Now I got to go back and verify that because okay. I, maybe I missed it. If they knew, right. right. If they knew and they yeah, reported if they it, knew that's, and they, and they put it in the change log, then yeah, but I'll, okay. you know, but, it, but if I go back and I see that, I, I need then as a user, I need to also understand at that point in time why I would ever want this new one that breaks a feature. Right. Yeah. I mean, like my point still stands. Okay. You reported it in advance. How is the user benefiting? You need to tell them one yeah. that it's happening and yeah. then um, their benefit. If you cannot concretely describe the benefit to the user, and in fact, you're giving them a warning about degraded performance, guess what? Yeah. That's a beta opt in, pal. That is not something that you turn on by default. That's a feature flag that you let people know exists. Hey, we're working on version two of our UI. Click here to try it now. You you yeah. do it that kind of yeah. way and you don't actually degrade or muck with yeah. the existing flow. You gotta be really careful with this. I mean, Facebook, man, every time Facebook changes their UI, hasn't changed in a little while now. They've actually been fairly stable, but for a while there, remember they were like cranking new UI changes every, I don't know, six months, 12 months. And the whole... I would hear this from my friends and family. I'm not a Facebooker because I know what actually can be read in the background. But um, my friends and family would complain about how they can't find anything because the UI is completely different, even if it's subtle changes. I mean, big impact, big risk for altogether, sometimes not all that much reward. So anyway, um, so I actually wanted to follow up uh, from our conversation Last week we talked about career letters and structure and things like that. I don't want to actually oh, yeah. want to recap. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to recap that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going there. But 
in the aftermath of that, we actually, so we presented the career ladder to the team and it was well received and we've gotten lots of feedback and we've gotten some, we've gotten some common questions. And uh, I thought it would be good to actually talk about the, the, uh, the other side of this coin where the career ladder, you know, we, we said, you know, you should have a career ladder and, and it should have structure and you should have goals and miles and all that. And yes, great. The flip side of that is a lot of places don't, even if they have it, it's not really followed. And you as a, as an employee, or even as a, as a, you know, somebody who's a, a leader on a team, you really need to get comfortable with a lack of structure. And so to, to, we announced the career ladder. Some of the immediate feedback we got was, okay, well, how do I, okay, so this shows the different things I have to do. Well, how do I advance? You know, how do I advance in these things? Uh, the career ladder included managerial levels. One of the questions we got is, okay, well, how do I become a manager? I can see what the responsibilities are, but how do I get there to do those things? And it's, we didn't, we don't have a concrete, you know, we went to describe some milestones, but we did not actually, um, we, we put, if you're, if it's like climbing a mountain and, uh, you know, we've got mile markers going up the mountain, but we did not fully blaze and pave a road for you to walk smoothly upon. I think it's different. Like, like you, like specific documentation begets specific documentation. Yeah. If you, if you don't have any of this stuff, then you can kind of describe how things tend to work and people kind of wrap their walnuts around it and everybody moves on. As soon as you start to get specific and tactical and document things in detail, it throws into stark contrast the universe of other stuff that is as yet undocumented and you get a lot of questions around the edges. Yeah, in software development terms, every time you introduce an if-else conditional there's a whole bunch of branching logic off of that one if else that you know you end up you can end up potentially Not if exploring. Your cyclomatic complexity is low, Frank. <laughs> I can right. see somebody's low you're, on the ladder. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. How how foolish of me to think that the cyclomatic complexity of human interaction might be you know low, a tractable right? problem. Yeah, mm-hmm, <laughs> for sure. So so I kind of wanted to counterbalance. Yes, this all this structure is great. At the same time get comfortable and familiar with working in environments where you have little to no structure. And then when you have it, great, take advantage of it. But you should be able to operate in a a nebulous environment. So for example, the manager, the manager question, Um, you know, we pointed that there's, there are sources that you can read. There's, I mean, there's all kinds of different ways and people go at this problem in different ways. The way I attacked this problem was I knew from the outset of my career that I wanted to advance. And I knew that advancement at some point was going to lead into management. I knew that's where I wanted to go. I was going to be technical for as long as I wanted or needed, but I wanted to go into a managerial role. In order to get there, I was going to need to pick up management skills. So what did I do? From the outset, I acted like a manager. I would try and, you know, pursue at, you know things with a managerial mindset that's where i came up with this heads up versus heads down thinking process i read managerial books i read startup books business leadership books all the kinds of things that not a technical person would read but you know somebody who's who's in a, in a, in a more decision making uh strategic role and i just kept pushing myself in that direction in all these you know small different ways that's not something that you can really you know put definition around and somebody else can come at it completely differently. Sometimes 
There are people who get sort of tossed into the into a position and they end up doing really well at it. That that's how I learned Linux, for example. I think we've talked about this, you know, working at a startup, excuse me, working at a nonprofit. We had this Linux box I had just started three months in. Most of my experience up to that point had been on Windows boxes from my IT background. The server dies completely kaputs. We get a we do a disaster recovery, get all the stuff back. Now I'm up. I'm up the creek because I was expecting, hey, I've got this box. I will learn it gradually over time. No, now I got to get it up tomorrow. And so it was this trial by fire, you know, and a couple of sleepless nights putting the server Mm -hmm. together. And it was a lot of trial and error and figuring it out and lots of documentation and you know, blood, sweat and tears. It was stressful as hell. But at the end of it, I was pretty fairly competent at Linux. I wasn't an expert, but I could get around and that that I have only grown from there. So, so those so those kinds of opportunities just kind of fall into your lap sometimes. So there's no set definition and you don't want to. I, I think it's I think it's foolish to look for it. And so while I like the idea of career letters, I actually was kind of reticent to do it at the outset because this stuff is nebulous. And if you start thinking that it's really concrete and defined, then you actually are, you're, you're walking a fallacious path because there is no set path. You've got all these, you've got all these people. No, but again, that's, that's, well, there, there isn't, there isn't right. It depends on the size of the organization. You got a five man company, five person company, then no, none of this is useful exercise because everybody's doing everything as best they can. If you're, Walmart, then yeah, there, there is, this stuff is defined and it is very yeah. crystal clear and standardized. Uh, so I'm, I don't know. So here's my problem with that. No matter how big an organization gets, your advancement in a, in a job is always down to two people, you and your manager, the person over, over and above you. And maybe no, I'm not his talking about, manager. that's not, that's not my point. Like you, yeah, you're, you're not wrong with that statement, right? You can do everything on paper to qualify for a jump into management and then we don't have any management roles open. So you don't move like that's that goes without saying the point is like, it's not always the case. So like, I guess, I guess where I'm going with this is your point is well taken. I think everybody does need to get comfortable with disclarity. I would also encourage try to add clarity when that's the well case. you should add you no 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 that's where that's kind of where I'm going. I'm saying don't rely on others. Don't rely on on your manager. Don't rely on external systems like career ladders. Leverage them to your benefit, but don't trust them. Don't rely on them. For example, uh I think you that everyone should track their own individual accomplishments outside of whatever objective measurements that you might have Keep a just a plain text doc, a bulleted list. I did this thing. I did this other thing. I did this other thing of these different little achievements that you have made and just keep it in the background. Then at review time, go through whatever process your company has. I don't give a rip what it is. And then when you're done with that, you say to your manager, here's where I want to go. Here's what I want to do. And I mean, I'm I'm sort of condensing it. You might actually want to talk about this more overtly earlier, but State in explicit terms what it is that you want. Don't assume that they know because you're on this path with these objectives. Screw that. Be very crystal clear. Yeah, you're, you're conflating two things there. You, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, but but there's no, those are two separate issues. Okay. 
Right. So, so I'm yeah, not seeing it. So explain right. it to me. What do you I, see well, no, differently? I'm separating these two. Yeah. Things what are you separating from, from, from the program side, from, okay. the, from the organization side, you should strive to document and add clarity where you can for mm-hmm. your employees. Right. Right. From the person, if from the employee, the individual side, you should get comfortable with a lack of clarity because it's friggin' everywhere. Um, I think you, would do well to consider trying to add clarity to the rest of the group when you feel disclarity. Okay. And then also make your intentions clear with your boss. But those are like three separate. Okay. I'm just trying to delineate. Those are like three separate points. And I think they're all right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I would actually, they're not all one in the same process. So I actually disagree a little bit about, about, uh, as a company that you should be striving for, for document and processing and things like that. Yes, you should, but there's a big, but on the end of this, there is a limit documenting process. I would say adding clarity to the way things work. So whether that's being super clear in your staff meetings, or maybe it is some formal documentation, or maybe it's like a wiki, some informal thing that says, Hey, here are the Okay, so you know, here are the KPIs or whatever. All right, so I, I, no, I can work with this. I can work with this. So yes, you should continue. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, because that's why you <laughs> teed it up for me. Obviously, it's why I have you on this show. I'll be honest. Exactly. You're basically oh, the you tea. have me on the show. Okay. You are the I tea. You. you know, and I'm about to just you know you. drive this one out of the park. Right. Preemptively, because, because four year olds using teas routinely knock things oh, out of the park. Totally with your bad self. <laughs> So when you're adding clarity, there is only so far you can go down the clarity road before things enter a, an innately and naturally subjective state. For example, yeah. the definition OKRs. My company uses OKRs for their, for their objective tracking. Mm-hmm. And we do the concrete numerical measurements of those OKRs. When we go to actually attach merit benefit, you know, b- pay raises, bonuses, whatever, when we go to actually do those things, that is a, and it is explicitly stated, that is a subjective decision about yeah. whether or not that, so even if that person nails each of their numerical OKRs, there's still a fuzz, a fudge factor in there to account for all the things that a, a concrete numerical does not account for. What I, what I, well, again, back to the example, if, if you're, if you want management and you're at the stage, let's say on your ladder, if I remember from last week, uh, level, level four is the first rung where you can shift over to management. Right? Yes. Yeah, I so, think so. So, so you're at level four on the contributor track. You want to shift into management. If there are no spots open for management, guess what? You're not changing your job title, right? Yeah. So well, forget that. You two, can even talk if, about pay raises. Like you can just talk about just point, straight. Point number two, right? But if so, so if there's not an open position or if there's no money, then you're not going to get that thing that you're going after. Okay. At that point in time. All right. If there is an opening or if there is a little bit of money, doesn't mean you automatically get it just because you met your your OKRs. You know, right. on paper you met everything. Um, even if there's, I want to move into management, and there's three open management positions. Well, they mm-hmm. may all wind up being outside hires. Like you, so right. they're. I, I think what you're saying, you're you're spending a lot of time there. I don't know that we need to because I think it, or, or as I'm saying this, maybe we do need to actually explain that like th- there is always a point where everything becomes subjective. 
Right. That's and the, that's that's necessarily undefinable, which is I think you're the, you you point. you you just yes, you hit yeah. the nail on the head. You actually hit the ball out of the park for me. So like, that one's for you. That one's for you. Um, I didn't even need a tea. I oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we are so so with with that in with that in mind, having all these structure. This is that this is what the company should always be aspiring uh, the organization should be aspiring to as the individual just you know lower that bar you, you talked about this a couple of weeks ago you know you just lower your expectation of others and, and then if you're yeah. always if you always expect nothing then you will be prepared for anything and you'll be prepared to take advantage of any benefit that might be there along the way and what i and the reason that i'm honing in on this so much i'm 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 trying to push the, you know, our, 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 um, obviously massive and ever growing audience of, of engineers and would be engineer managers and leaders to get outside of the, uh, engineer box thinking, you know, the notion that I'm on this track, I'm on this career path. All I need to do is just keep checking these things off. And eventually someone will recognize me for my, for the greatness that I already know is there. False. That is absolutely mm. That is not how this works. Okay. You have to be proactive. You have to show initiative in moving yourself down that path. Even if there are tools, you should use them, but you should still be pushing yourself. That's why I talk about documenting your own, uh, even inside of an existing review process. You still document the stuff that you did that you think is valuable and worthwhile. And then you repeat that back to them. Here are the things that I did since we last spoke. And that's why I think well, and, I'm that, and that log becomes super useful. I, I find um, somebody that's going to go look for a job. They have no idea where to start in either creating or updating. There their you resume. go. Here you go. That's where you go. That's where you go to start that start that gravy train. Mm -hmm. So you've already got all these accomplishments that you've made. And the best resumes are the ones that actually talk about accomplishments, not like the things that you worked on. And your responsibilities. Nobody gives a rip about that. Tell me what you actually did. Tell me about the things that you actually succeeded in doing. That's always great. And then, of course, as you're documenting, you should also be, you know, keeping track numerically of the things. Again, outside of any measured objectives that the company makes, make your own measurements. If the company doesn't, for example, a lot of what we do, you end up in ticket trackers. Jira mm -hmm. is, yeah. you know, lamentably. Unfortunately prevalent. <laughs> <laughs> highly ubiquitous in our world. Ugh. Um, so keep track of how many tickets that you closed and in what period of time or story points, and then compare that to the total number of story points in your organization or on your team or something like that. There are, there are measurements that you can make all over the place just because they don't fit yeah. neatly in these little OKR boxes, OKRs, or what the hell's the other one? There's OKRs and then there's KPIs, KPI. I like, went to say PKI and I knew that wasn't right. KPIs. So it's like OKRs or, you know, KPIs or whatever system you're using. A lot of that stuff gets handed down. We try and do it, you know, collaboratively. And, you know, so the organization hands a couple of them and then the employee might make a couple. That's what we try and do. But screw all that. Just keep track of the stuff that you did and how awesome you were at it. And, and you track it however you want. Just make sure you're doing it yourself in your own, or, you know, let's on your say, own chart. Let's say you don't, you know, I guess to your point, if you don't have 
KPIs, if you don't have OKRs, if you don't have KRAs, like you, you can design some for yourself and not necessarily even that you share those with anyone, but with whatever degrees of freedom you have in your role, you can tailor it towards those that you defined that you want to be doing. Right. Exactly. And those are now things that you, that you think are valuable. And then you turn around and, and then you, you drop those right towards you show yeah. progress towards them. And then you can actually put them on your resume and the things that you, you know, most, most resume reviewers are pretty insightful. The things it's, um, I, my, my, my piece about, you know, writing resumes for speed talks about this, the things that you value shine through in what you're reporting. And so it gives actually a, wi- a window into how you approach the work and how you value different things. And that is actually one of the deciding factors when, when, you know, you're looking at these kinds of things, if you're not, well, valuing everybody the has right done stuff, everybody's then, done more than what's in that. Re- well, uh, let me rewind mm, on the back pedal there. Yeah. Uh, anybody who's <laughs> writing a good resume. Okay. Uh, it's obvious that they've done a lot more than what's on there. Right. You can, you know, somebody who, who like wrote everything they've ever thought about doing in a role. Like that's obvious that it's just sort of written diarrhea. And that's why I don't like CVs. That's why I don't like curriculum vitae CVs because they go through, they're supposed to be literally everything you've ever done. It's the entire, it's the sum total of all of your work and accomplishments in your professional career. I can't hone in on what you think is important. I can't hone in on uh, where your time was spent predominantly. So the note, the nature of a resume being more of a summary, the negative space of the resume, the things yeah. that you leave out are more important in my mind than what, you know, like having to make the cuts. That's a, you know, that's, that's important. We're totally off track. It's, it's my, a decision. It's yeah, a decision. It's a decision. Yeah. So we're totally off track. My point was, I think engineers traditionally find this kind of nebulous territory of, 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 um, advancement and promoting themselves that that we as a, we as a group generally suck at it. Let's be honest. And I think we find it tough because it's not defined and we love definition. Give me the box, give me the specifications and I'll build you the thing. You know, that's what we want. It's how our minds work. And there is none of that here. There's too much people. There's too much humanity involved in it. It's very nebulous. (laughs) There's your, there's your, uh, there's your intro quote. <laughs> too many people, too much human, <laughs> too much damn people. <laughs> I'm trying to build a thing here. And if you damn people would just get out of my way, you know, it's, it's that kind of thinking. We have this natural inclination to that. And so when we see career, Oh, career ladder. Great. I'll just check off all the boxes and then I'll just naturally just zoop, march well, your, right up to your thing. other point, to your other point though. I, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago where you, you know, there are technician mindset sort of does assume that other people see things that are obvious to them, which don't you realize that mm-hmm. don't you see how, well, look well, at your no, earlier story. Probably much, much, probably much, nobody much does. better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course. Everyone is all I had to say was much, much, it, much better. You all get it, right? Yeah. yeah you, you, could, get you could start it like a, like a, a mathematics white paper. It is evident that, you know, like one of these <laughs> sorts of things. And so, it should be evident to my boss that this is my, you and know, it, this is my goal. And it's not. It's never. It's not. It's never evident. And, Spoiler. you know, as it, yeah. I mean, as a manager, like I will be the first to admit it. Tell me where you're going. Tell me what you want to do. Tell me what you think is important. 
It makes my life a lot easier. I'm not left guessing. I ask, I ask directs and skips from time to time directly. Like what's your, what's your career goal? Mm-hmm. And if it's, and I, I don't necessarily phrase it like that because that kind of assumes that you need to be looking for something else. And I don't believe that that's true. Um, a lot of people are happy doing what they're doing and they mm-hmm. just, they're doing their thing. That's awesome. Um, some folks want something different or something more. And uh, as a man, I'll flip this over. I'll say as a manager, if you're not asking your people where they want to go and what they want to do, then you're doing them a pretty heavy disservice. Right. Yeah. But yeah, this is just an area that, you know, I saw after talking, after we talked about it last week and then presenting it to my engineering team and the questions that we got, I realized, oh yeah, there's a whole other, this, this solves one problem whilst also introducing another one. And so yeah. I thought it as thought is it often prudent, the case. as is often the case, right? Yeah. Fixing one problems, you know, uncovers another it's a, uh, you know, definition of, of, uh, of, uh, you know, yak shaving type of, of problems in coding. Um, but I thought it would be worth covering, uh, given, you know, given, given the, the, uh, the, the engineering nature that we are, uh, you know, yeah. we're focused on here. So anyway, get used to working without definition. And I think you'll, uh, you'll never be, uh, you'll never be disappointed. So, um, let's see other news. Um, uh, did we talk about the new egg shuffle? Have we talked about that? No, we have not no, we talked didn't. about what is, that. What is? I'm I'm unfamiliar with this. Education. You don't know what the new egg shuffle is? Oh my gosh, I'm shocked. No. Okay. No. Uh, so new egg shuffle. New egg website sells. It's it's actually it's trying to become yeah. an, it's trying to become second Amazon. What made new egg famous yeah. was computer parts. They were a computer parts depot, and, the, and they were really not, good well, not, at it. Not just the parts, but the reviews. The reviews, uh, but uh, the filtering. Honestly, it was reviews and it was the search capabilities because you could specify yeah. brand and like little nitty like specs. Socket types. So, and, exactly. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So all, all kind of proc, yep. proc types and memory allocation, like all yeah, kinds we can of skip really. For, I don't think I have a higher opinion of the refactored audience. I don't okay. need to explain all right, all right. what so, Newegg is. Yeah. Well, that's, that's okay. So that's what made Newegg famous. Newegg has since they're trying to become like Amazon, they've moved into other areas. You can buy all kinds of crap on there. Anyway, in the... um in this video card computer equipment shortage that we're experiencing, mm-hmm. Newegg is suffering from this the same as everyone else. They get, they get gear in, but it sells out immediately. I've been watching Newegg. We talked about this. I actually had Newegg when we were talking about the processor shortage and I was just scrolling mm-hmm. the pages, sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out. Yeah. That's still the case. So they have come up with a way to try and, uh, uh, service all their customers in as equitable a fashion as possible and keep eyeballs on their website at the same time. And I, my suspicious eyes are on and possibly move gear that hasn't been moving. So the new egg shuffle, they do it daily. It starts at a certain time. You can get emails about it when it starts. And then there's a time window in which you can participate in the shuffle to participate in the shuffle. You open the page. Once the timer starts, it shows you all the gear that's available that day. And it's usually a shipment of various processors, uh, excuse me, mm-hmm. graphics cards that they have just gotten into stock. And it's from all sorts of different vendors. It's all sorts of different models, but it's, it, this is all latest and greatest kind of stuff. So 
uh, for, on the NVIDIA side, it's the 3060, 3070, 3090. Right. And then on the um, stuff. ATI stuff, I think, what is it, 9,000? I forget what the numbering is on the AMD stuff at the moment. But um, so they're doing, they're doing all that, okay? And you can, you see one that you like, you say, put me in the shuffle for that. And you are basically buying a lotto ticket that if they draw your name, you can then purchase it. Like the one of those is now reserved mm. for you. And so they'll have a list of maybe anywhere from a half dozen to maybe tw- 10 or 12 um, items up in the shuffle. And you mm. can pick. So if there are multiple video cards that you like that you can purchase, put yourself in for each one. And then you can just see how you do. Now, my luck has been pretty much nil, but I think. Part of the reason are you that my paying life, for this privilege? No, you only pay if you actually buy it. That's it. So you okay. actually you 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 be, you place yourself in reservation. They give you a slot. If you win, win. You have to go in and actually complete the purchase within a certain amount of time. If you don't complete mm-hmm. it within that window, your ticket you is thrown it. out, and then they pick someone else. So that's how they keep it moving. Mm-hmm. And so they have it over. That's why they it opens at a certain time. You only have a limited amount of time to apply, and then there's this long window. Of, yeah. of actually fulfillment to account for people who don't actually pick or people who win multiple times and only want one right. of the things that they want. And so it's really freaking clever because now yeah. I've got a reason they to really go. They really gamified it. That's, I have yeah, a reason to go to the site. I have a genuine chance at it. Like think about, I, I've seen these articles talking about, um, they, they came up during quarantine Hey, Best Buy is about to get a shipment of such and such card this week. If you yep. go to bestbuy.com yep. at this time and hit the refresh button over and over and over again, you might have a shot at purchasing one. Dude, so, dude, there was like there was an ecosystem of of software like Twitter yes. bots and stuff yes. that would aggregate this information. I mean, that was nuts. I don't know if that's still going on to the, the level it was, but whew. I looked at some of that stuff. It was kind of impressive. I'm imagining it still is. Uh, and this is probably just another target for that kind of automation. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and I'm sure, I mean, there are ways you could game it. Of course, you can try and create multiple accounts. They warn yeah. people off of that. They say that there's way they have ways of identifying that. And they probably do. Um, but you could, you know, you and your, you know, for you and your wife or me yeah. and my wife both sign up for separate accounts and submit. And, you know, yeah. you could do basic stuff like that if you really wanted to. I don't care that much. I'm not dying on my equipment right now, so it's okay. Um, no, but if but if like if if there were if there were a, a couple of people that wanted to group together and say, look, that you know we all want something different, and that you know there are ways that you can aggregate and try to yeah. know, layer on top of that. So it's this whole gamification system built by Newegg, which is just an e-com site. So it's this whole platform that they built on top of their existing regular old e-com stuff, and. It's really clever. And here's the other thing. I think that they're make, using it to move other less attractive stuff. Most of the video cards, if you go to purchase them, most of the video cards come as a bundle. And so you have to purchase mm. it with uh, a case, a motherboard, memory, uh, power supplies, you name it. I've seen pairings with all sorts of different pieces of computer equipment. And so I think that they're actually using it to move other to move old stock. stock. Yeah. Genius. Freaking genius. Now, as a user, it pisses me off because I don't need the motherboard. I don't need the power supply. I want yeah. the graphics card. But they know that. And that's why they're doing well, it anyway. It's so. Yeah. And if that's the headline, so smart. If, that's, 
And if that's if that's the ticket item, if that's the big yep. ticket item in the bundle, the other stuff's probably not that great. You're probably not paying that much for it. Probably not. No, you're not. Uh, you know, but it's a way. So you're like, look, I there's a there's a video card out. It's it's a five hundred dollar card. I'm willing to pay six hundred. I know. I'm. This is a, it's <laughs> you're, a hypothetical yeah, contrived you're, you're, example. You're pre twenty twenty there, pal. It's a contrived <laughs> example. I'm using small numbers for the sake of, uh, of, okay. of narrative here. Okay. All right. Uh, fair enough. It's okay. So it's a five hundred dollar card. Yeah, I'm willing to spend six twenty and get a bunch of stuff I really didn't need because otherwise, like absent this, I'm not getting the card at all. Mm-hmm. You know, and so. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that is really brilliant. Yeah. So brilliant. you, so I'm, I, I get an email in, I get a welcome email, like an email that I want to receive in my inbox every day. I am visiting their site every day. <laughs> it's, it's genius. It's genius. And, and how, and how they beat somebody like Amazon to this is just the power of the, of the little guy, the power and the creativity of the little guy. So kudos to you, Newegg. I think that this was like a really, really awesome idea. Really clever. I'm just, I'm just laughing at the fact that now we're in a spot where where you're feeling compelled, like you you actually felt compelled enough to explicitly state that you got an email that you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because ten thousand to one, they're junk. Get out! Get out of this house! It's pretty much how I feel about most email these days. It is. I am yeah. so so. I used and I'm to, not even talking about spam. No, no, you're not. I know you're not. I used to be, I used to be an inbox zero type of person. I would read everything mm-hmm. and I would get myself back to zero, nothing new incoming. I can't keep up anymore. So much. I get so much. And while I, while I want to have it, I don't feel a burning need to read it. Like my, my mobile bill every month. Um, or even newsletters for companies that I like and I want to follow, but I'm not buying anything from them right now. I still want to subscribe, mm-hmm. but I'm not reading it. I get so much. I have stopped reading it. Like I have just backlogs of unread. Like it's it's not even like keeping up unread. Now it's just, it's there and I know I can search it if I need to. It, it, it's, it's endless. It yeah. is this flood. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why services like Slack are absolutely cleaning up in in the market because email is just it's just noisy and and you know services well, like slack also, allow you to do straight you, comms yeah yeah but it it also it's it, also real it time gives you it not only gives you permission but in fact necessitates you forget stuff if you didn't read it in time because right. it scrolls way up and you don't see it and it's right. gone and there's no there's no any kind of of psychological burden for having missed something because it's this constant stream of crap rather than discrete items that sit there until you act upon them. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what I do now is, you know, my personal Gmail account, I've got it broken into the categories. They actually, uh, Google did this some time ago. You know, it's got primary social promotions, updates and forums, I think is the other one. Um, mm-hmm. I basically just tap across the top and I look at the top, I don't X, whatever, you know, until I recognize one that I already saw. If there's nothing I need to read, move on. That's it. Like That's all I do. I don't even read them anymore. Work emails a little different. I do read work emails and I've, I've kept that. I do not subscribe to newsletters and stuff in there. Um, my no. biggest, my biggest complaint on the, on the work side are these damn 
salespeople that just proactively find my crap oh online my and then send me all this stuff about how their product stop. is perfect for me. I don't never mind the fact no, that I'm a what? competitor to you. Like they don't even do their research. They're just like blasting me with garbage. Most no, of the cause time. it's a, cause it's a bot. It's a CRM bot. That's not, uh, yeah, it's an I, individual I, who I, finds an individual goes and finds my, my information and then puts it into this funnel. CRM, yeah. Yeah. And I, it just messages I me. It's annoying. Have gotten to the point where I now, if I get an unsolicited sales email, mm -hmm. uh, I junk it and I block the sender. Yep. It literally got to the, and I don't, I don't relish this. Like I'm not happy that that is the way that I choose to handle this, but there's just so much of it. Like mm -hmm. I had, and this was only maybe a few months ago that I did this. I, like I felt like I didn't have another choice because it just keeps rolling. This you will get hassled again and again and again. And yep, I I just I junk and Outlook has the you know um, report sender and delete or whatever report spam um, and unsubscribe and just, is another you know function that they've got. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I I do that uh, if I see it. If I didn't ask for it, it just I don't I don't have time in the day to. Oh, and 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 there there it's 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 back full circle back to the tone deafness. Oh, I understand you must be busy, but, uh, you know, if we can just meet for 15 minutes, but you know what, pal, if I just had 15 minutes to go to the bathroom and eat a salad every day, reliably at noon, I would be thrilled. You know what? <laughs> Get off my case. Or even if I do have 15 minutes, it's not necessarily going to go to you, some cold caller, you know, the, the, yeah. I, oh, the let me prove how my, f and you know, the thing from my perspective, it's not even that I'm upset that. You know, a, a good salesman believes in the product, believes it can help people and wants it to help people. Uh, and then, yeah, that's the livelihood as well. I'm not I'm not upset at the sales process and I'm not upset about sales folk targeting to, you know, industry leaders and things like that. Um, it's nine to one. I don't care. Because it's not relevant to me because you're not targeting well, which is unfortunate mm -hmm. for the minority that actually do take the time to target. Um, but even there, let's suppose your product could benefit me. Okay, that's one of like five dominoes that have to fall before I consider procurement. Just because something could help me doesn't mean I go out and buy. I don't have infinite money. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and that's. You know, it's like I got a budget to contend with. I, even if it was great, I don't have the I don't have the financial or mental energy to consider this right now. And so I just I junk and block the sender and go about my business. <laughs> that stinks. Like, like I said, I don't like doing it, but that's kind of where I've come to because there's just so much of it. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the lesson of the day, don't be tone deaf. That's what I would I say. say. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good yeah. one. <laughs> and check out Bitwarden. I don't know. And check out Bitwarden. Yeah, we didn't even get to your. Uh, I, I want to hear your last nah, story. Is I was. Yeah, like, uh, we, we don't have to do it now. Yeah, they just. They just. Yeah, it was screwed an it up thing, and yeah. yeah, they they screwed up. I, I was ready and willing to upgrade, oh. and they botched it, and oh. so I walked away. I walked That's, away. Uh, yep. Anyway. Yep. What are you gonna do? All right. Well, this has been another awesome episode of Refactor. Thanks again, Chris, for your uh, time and attention today. Uh, if you want to hear more about the show, learn more about us, you can go to refactored.work. Uh, send us your feedback, feedback at refactored.work. 
feel free to uh, drop us notes, uh, comments, questions. Uh, if you have something that you record, maybe we'll play it on air. If you want to hear more about what Chris is up to personally, you can go to uh, tonkinson.chris.tonkinson.com. If you want to check out my works, you can head over to www.hotcoals.com. And let's see, this was episode 35 of the Refactor Podcast on August 19th, 2021. Thanks again, Chris. We'll see you later. later.